We now present you our Zen podcast of the Mountain Care Old Time Radio Hour. Join us on a journey to the golden age of radio on our time machine, back to the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. We are your hosts, Bob Jackson and Barb Williams, and we're joined today by our Mountain Care Drama Club. Today's episode includes smooth jazz, Zen quotes, our performance of three questions by Leo Tolstoy, an interview with a meditation guru, and a cup of tea with a participant. Enjoy. Zen. Wherever you stand, be the soul of that place. If you have a garden and a library, you have everything you need. Life is a balance between holding on and letting go. And then the following quotes from Thich Nhat Hanh. The most precious gift we can offer others is our presence. When mindfulness embraces those we love, they will bloom like flowers. Life is available only in the present moment. At any moment, you have a choice that either leads you closer to your spirit or further away from it. The best way to take care of the future is to take care of the present moment. Now for some smooth jazz. I am here with Farabee from Light a Path, and she is our meditation guru here at Mountain Care. Um, Farabee, thank you for joining us. And uh, my first question for you is, what are the benefits of meditation? The benefit of meditation is peace of mind. And the mind is in so many pieces, and it just goes flying all your thoughts are just swirling moment to moment and meditation allows you that other moment where you can sit back and rest in awareness that you are having these thoughts but you're not engaging in them you're separating yourself so that you can essentially be lying on a hillside and watching your thoughts as clouds going across the sky without having any of them turn into a rain cloud and strike you with lightning. Um, so the benefits are to 
be at peace with the pieces in your mind. How about uh, some advice for a beginner who wants to start meditation? What's an, a, a good beginning meditation piece? Start breathing. I mean, I'm smiling just thinking about just the brilliance of that question. You don't have to do anything other than being aware of your own breathing. And you can just sit comfortably and just start focusing on how you're breathing and not even change anything right away. Just sink in and, and notice what goes on when you're inhaling and what goes on when you exhale. And then just kind of explore that because while you're busy exploring that, probably not thinking too much. And then once you realize that, oh my God, I'm not thinking too much, then you can change it up and start um, counting your breaths and saying to yourself as you inhale, I am breathing in, I am breathing out. And when you're saying that to yourself, you cannot be thinking about things because you're focused on your breath. And then the second you notice, oh my goodness, I'm not thinking about anything, now I am. You go right back and doing that all over again. And that's, that's the most basic, fastest, most normal way I don't have the vocabulary to meditate. So just breathe. And, but be aware of it. <laughs> The following is the Mountain Explorer's adaptation of Leo Tolstoy's short story, Three Questions. It once occurred to a certain queen that if she always knew the right time to begin everything, if she knew who were the right people to listen to and whom to avoid, and above all, if she always knew what was the most important thing to do, she would never fail in anything she might undertake. And this thought having occurred to her, she had it proclaimed throughout her kingdom that she would give a great reward to anyone who would teach her what was the right time for every action and who were the most necessary people and how she might know what was the most important thing to do. So she gathered all the wise men and women for a meeting. What is the right time for every action? One must draw up in advance a table of days, months, and years, and must live strictly according to it. <clears throat> It is impossible to decide beforehand the right time for every action, but that, not letting oneself be absorbed in idle pastimes. 
one should always attend to all that is going on and then do what is most needful. They should have a council who would help them fix the proper time for everything. One must know beforehand what is going to happen. It is only magicians who know that, and therefore, in order to know the right time for any action, in every action, one must consult magicians. Well, and who are the most necessary people? The people you need most are counselors. Priests. The doctors. Most definitely the warriors. And what is the most important thing to do? The most important thing in the world is science. Skill in warfare. Religious worship. All the answers being different, the queen agreed with none of them and gave the reward to no one. But still wishing to find the right answers to her questions, she decided to consult a hermit, widely renowned for his wisdom. So the queen put on simple clothes and before reaching the hermit's cell, dismounted from her horse and leaving her bodyguard behind, went on alone. When the queen approached, the hermit was digging the ground in front of his hut. Seeing the queen, she agreed her and went on digging. The hermit stuck his blade into the ground and turned a little earth, breathing heavily. I have come to you, wise hermit, to ask you to answer three questions. How can I learn to do the right thing at the right time? Who are the people I most need, and to whom should I, therefore, pay more attention than to the rest? And what affairs are the most important and need my first attention? The hermit listened to the queen, but answered nothing. He just spat on his hand <laughs> and recommended digging. <laughs> You are tired? Let me take the spade and work a while for you. Thanks. Thanks. But the queen did not give her spade, the spade and continued to dig. One hour passed and another. The sun began to sink behind the trees, and the queen was last stuck in the spade into the ground. I came to you, wise man, for an answer to my questions. If you can give me none, tell me so, and I will return home. Here comes someone running. Let us see who it is. The queen turned around and saw a bearded man come running out of the wood. The man held his hands pressed against his stomach and the blood was flowing from under them. When he reached the queen, 
He fell fainting on the ground, moaning feebly. There was a large wound in his stomach. The queen washed it as best she could and bandaged it with a towel the hermit had. The last man revived and asked for something to drink. The queen brought fresh water and gave it to him. Meanwhile, the sun had set and it had become cool. So the queen, with the hermit's help, carried the wounded man into the hut and laid him on the bed. Forgive me. Very good. I do not know you and have nothing to forgive you for. You do not know me, but I know you. I am the enemy of yours who swore to revenge himself on you because you executed his brother and seized his property. I knew you had gone along to see the hermit, and I resolved to kill you on your way back. But the day passed, and you did not return. So I came out from my ambush to find you, and I came upon your bodyguard, and they recognized me. And to death, had you not dressed my wound, I wished to kill you, and you have saved my life. Now, if I live, and if you wish, I will serve you as your most faithful slave and will bid my sons to do the same. Forgive me. The queen was very glad to have made peace with her enemy so easily. And so it have gained him for a friend. She not only forgave him, but said she would send her servants and her own physician to attend him and promised to restore his property. Having taken leave of the wounded man, the queen went out to the porch and looked around for the hermit. Before going away, she wished once more to beg an answer to the questions she had put. The hermit was outside, sowing seeds in the beds that had been dug the day before. For the last time, I pray you to answer my question. You have already been answered. How answered? What do you mean? Do you not see? If you had not pitied my weakness yesterday, and had not dug these beds for me, but had gone your way, that man would have attacked you. So the most important time was when you were digging the beds, and I was the most important person. And to do me good was your most important business. Afterwards, when that man ran to us, the most important time was when you were attending to him. So he was the most important man. And what you did for him was your most important business. Remember then, there is only one time that is important, and that is now. The most necessary person is that 
with whom you are with. And the most important thing to do is to do good. Because for that purpose alone, we were sent into this life. This segment is called A Cup of Tea With, and right now I'm sitting with Lady Gloria. We each have a cup of tea in our hands. And Lady Gloria, I have a very important question for you. That is, can you please tell me about sky watching? Well, many moons ago, I was listening to public radio. And the broadcast was about a school, I think may, I'm, I'm not sure what school it was. Anyway, they had these children downtown, and they were sky watching. I thought, sky watching? What? And they would talk with the children, and they were doing some activities down near Preacher's Park. And uh, this school, they'd come from Astor School. And they were downtown, and they, uh, it wasn't like a recess they were having, it was having a time to sky watch. And I thought, sky watching, I said, you know, I don't go to the movies very often, uh, and I have all the sky here at my home. Why don't I go out and sit down on my hanging binding <laughs> and start sky watching? And I learned sky watching stimulates my brain force, and I thought, huh, the younger I get, the more sky watching I choose uh -huh. to do. Because then it would give me a sense of agelessness. Okay. And if it stimulates my brain force, then that's beneficial for me as I get younger. I love it. Uh-huh. So I, I have a, a lovely deck where I live in Oakley. And I just go out and I have some Adirondack chairs. And I sit my hiney bunny down and I relax and I sky watch. And it is wonderful. It's like I don't go I don't go to see movies. I don't look at television. And sky watching costs zero cents. It costs zero cents. I get out of my deck, I relax, and I just let go. And I let the sky come into my space. And it's like an inner space. And it's like when I lift up my eyes, I know I'm stimulating my brain force anyway. Mm -hmm. And I think as I get younger, it's a good idea for me to do that. I don't, television is not my bag. And when I learned about the value of a live opportunity, to sit down and relax in the meantime, and then stimulate my brain force. And so I do it regularly. And here in the mountains, we had this beautiful blue sky, and I found that when I'm sky washing, I am so relaxed, my heart beat is calm, and I'm doing nothing but surrendering to this huge phenomenon. If I look this way, Look up, I see the sky. If I turn to my left, if I turn to my right, if I get on my back, I mean, the sky is all, it's everywhere. It's omnipresent. And so I learned as I get younger, I'm not a person who looks at, I cannot look 
sit down and look at television. That is not my bag. The sky is my television. And I have learned more and more about how this force works when it's stimulated. And when I go out, I can feel myself. I, I lift up my eyes as well. And I have a wonderful deck, and I live in an area where well, I'm not close to a neighbor. They won't say, well, what's the, what's the problem <laughs> or whatever. So I just stretch out. And I've done it for a long time. And I learned that in the stimulation of my brain, TV is not my bag. But Skywatcher is a key element of my existence. And that was our blast from the past. Thank you for joining us on a journey down memory lane. And as always... May your troubles be less, your blessings be more, and nothing but happiness come through your door. Join us next month on the Mountain Care Old Time Radio Hour.